Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. Now we're diving into a new topic in the area of Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body in the series that we've been walking through. We're diving into number eight of the 133 catechetical talks that Pope St. John Paul II gave, specifically called Theology of the Body. What I want to dive into now is the idea of original unity. Again, we're going back into Genesis as Jesus Christ in Matthew 19 and Mark 10 referenced back to and asked questions about marriage and the human person. He refers back to the beginning and being created male and female. And I think this is the answer of our time. If we were to throw different topics of question to Jesus now, everything from same-sex marriage or transgenderism, such as we've been discussing, he would likely have the same response from Matthew chapter 9. Do you not know that in the beginning God made them male and female? Well, let's talk about what this fundamental idea meant back in Genesis chapter 2. We walked through the understanding of the original solitude of Adam in the garden before Eve was created. In fact, we'll read just a little bit about that from Genesis chapter 2 and the creation of Eve here. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 23, and we'll skip over a couple verses there, this is what we'll read with regard to this experience of original solitude into the creation of of Eve, symbolizing original unity. The Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. He then goes on to continue after the naming of all the animals before God, as we've been discussing over the last week, which I hope you'll catch that part of the series that's available at the podcast. God then says this, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, that is Adam, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So there we read it. It was not good that Adam should be alone. God created Adam a help similar to himself. So here we see that original solitude, the primordial man before God, and that self-discovery as we discussed last week in the series of seeing all the animals different from himself, how he was more like God than the rest of creation. And then we see the creation of Eve, which points to this theological reference that's known as original unity. That means being rooted and being made male and female. The differences and the complementarity that's significant. Again, Jesus in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 19 and Mark 10 appeals back to the beginning of creation, referring to how in the beginning the human person was created male and female. What do we learn about ourselves here? Well, first, in these handful of verses, we recognize original solitude, the significance of the individual person before God and human nature. But then we also recognize original unity, that we are made either male or female, pointing to the individual person, you, me, 
our friends and family members, every single person is an individual created in the image and likeness of God before God, but also with the gift of whether or not we are male or female. And with that, including all dimensions of being created in God's image and likeness to being created specifically male or female, we are known as a subject to be loved, to be chased after. This is something that we'll unpack further in Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. But here in Theology of the Body 8, Pope St. John Paul II talks about the creation of Adam and Eve as significant based on these two dimensions, as two different incarnations, understanding the incarnation of the human person from the perspective of solitude and from the perspective of union. This is why God gives us this progression in Genesis chapter 2 of Adam being created first, representing all human persons. In one respect, yes, specifically a male, but all of us as well. That's what we learned from the original solitude as we unpacked last week. And then the union when Eve is created, understanding the difference of the body, which remembering sexuality doesn't just impact the sexual complementarity physically, biologically, materially, but it also refers to the differences about how our maleness and femaleness embodies and includes our soul as well. We're male or female down to the dimension, not just of our body, but also our soul, the catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, that we're meant to uncover and unravel all of this. So Pope St. John Paul II says these are two different incarnations. He says that is two ways in which the same human being created in the image of God is a body. This is pointing to the solitude, as I keep saying before God, but also to being designed male or female. In Genesis chapter 2, we see the creation of Eve. God puts man into a state of unconsciousness. From Adam's side, from creating Eve from the side of Adam, what's significant about this is the common nature that is shared between Adam and Eve that's been built upon in what we've discussed as original solitude. Now we see that Adam's response before God to Eve is significant. Adam's response is one of wonder in many respects. Ah, the sense of finally bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh when he's presented with Eve. He says this time she is, again, flesh from my flesh, bone from my bone. Pope St. John Paul II says this is defined as, to Adam, a help similar to himself. That This is what God referred to and this is what Adam is understanding. What does that mean? Similar in likeness to God, created before God, and all significant in that original sense of solitude and a similar nature. But here's something that's really neat. I think it's a launching point for understanding the significance of the original unity, that theological term that we refer to prior to the fall of Adam and Eve and the creation of Adam as male and female. And it's this, that when Eve is created, Adam rejoices. It's the first time Pope St. John Paul II says that Adam shows joy and even exaltation. We read that Pope St. John Paul II said this is the moment for which he had no reason before due to the lack of being similar to himself, that is, to rejoice or give the sense of exaltation. Why is this significant? Well, remember, joy is a virtue. It's not just happiness that's fleeting. Joy is a virtue of God. It's a grace. If we're to break down the word joy in and of itself, it's very similar in the Greek to the word grace. Adam is rejoicing in a virtuous way at the creation of Eve. He's experiencing already this love shared for Eve. 
he is living out very quickly, virtuously. Virtuously, he's living out his life, interacting with others in a way that is rightly ordered. This is what's significant in part about this understanding of original unity, that prior to the fall of Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve perfectly understand the proper interactions with one another because they understand themselves in relation to God. And that's a point of rejoicing, of order in relationship rather than disorder and chaos. And this is significant in the face of everything we face in the culture today. Transgenderism, homosexuality, abortion, contraception, divorce, remarriage, all of these topics. If we go back to that simple understanding that that's not what God intended from the dawn of creation. He created us a male and female with an original state of innocence, as we've discussed before here on this series, original state of solitude, and now with an original state of union. That is perfect complementarity, not just between husband and wife, but in all male and female relationships. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. We've been unpacking our Theology of the Body series. If you're not familiar with it, it's 133 catechetical talks that Pope St. John Paul II gave over the course of about five years with a pause for when he was shot and actually recovering. Now, we've been unpacking in Theology of the Body fundamental theological teachings about the creation of the human person, and he really ties together how theology in sacred scripture in the first couple chapters of Genesis is our human anthropology. You want to know about the human person, the functioning of the human person. We can't look anywhere apart from our faith. We can't look anywhere apart from the creator. And so when Pope St. John Paul II starts the theology of the body, he appeals back to the beginning. And in that he points to fundamental things such as original solitude, original innocence, And what we've been discussing this week is this understanding of the original unity of Adam and Eve. We've been unpacking the creation of Eve in Genesis chapter 2. And what we're touching on today is the idea of complementarity, of communion between Adam and Eve. We have this understanding that Eve is created as a help similar to Adam, as a helpmate. Our lady In her response to the angel Gabriel, Our Lady, as the new Eve, responds to the angel Gabriel in the greeting, Hail, full of grace. And Our Lady, at one point in her response, says, Be it done to me according to thy word. She's referred to as the handmaid. I am the handmaid of the Lord. We hear about this even in her Magnificat. And so we see this idea of service, of complementarity, of communion, as a fundamental part of that complementarity between the sexes, between male and female. Pope St. John Paul II, when talking about this idea of Eve being created as a help similar to Adam, he says, here is derived in some way from the very fact of existing as a person beside a person. So what Pope St. John Paul II is saying from this idea of helpmate, of a help similar to Adam, What we see is the sense of being beside the other person, as Pope St. John Paul II says. What does being beside another person mean? Well, think about it. Anytime you've been side by side with anyone, it usually means we're a help to the other individual. And this isn't explicitly only 
feminine. This is feminine and masculine. This is something we have to draw from the creation of Adam and Eve, that the complementarity, the image and likeness of God, although different in maleness and femaleness, we still have similar roles as well as dissimilar roles to play. And that element of helpmate, that complementarity is significant when you think about being side by side with anyone. I even just think about my last couple of days. For example, I have my two children, a two-year-old and a six-month-old, and I'm carrying around my child. My husband would offer a helping hand, would take responsibility for carrying. Maybe my arms are tired, or maybe, for example, this week, as she's waking up to nurse throughout the middle of the night, and I've been dealing with this awful cold and cough, he might offer to grab her, bring her to me instead of me getting out of bed, stumbling out, grabbing her out of the bassinet. You know, different things happen or maybe rocking her to sleep. This is what happens when we live beside someone, side by side. We end up being next to them as an opportunity for growth for them, for rest sometimes, for virtue, and for charity. We know the virtue of all charities. And if you have, sorry, the virtue of all virtues, if you have charity, you have them all. Seeing the other person as another self. Even Pope St. John Paul II in his Theology of the Body Catechesis as he dives into the ninth and 10th catechetical talk, he talks about seeing the other person as another I. Now, he talks about how in the individual we see in a certain respect the solitude, but before one another as a male and female, Adam and Eve in the garden, Pope St. John Paul II says at the same time as we see our experience in original solitude that we've been unpacking before God, before the creation of Eve, we also have this opportunity for solitude and understanding we have our own self-knowledge and understanding of ourselves, but we have our own sense of self-determination. And that solitude then goes out in terms of I'm an individual, but how do I interact with others? That's part of this opportunity for growth, virtue, and charity. This is, I would argue, where the rubber really meets the road. Who will I be? How will I act? How will I be beside another person? All of that is significant, Pope St. John Paul II says in Theology of the Body, Catechetical Talk 9, when he says, man becomes an image of God, not so much in the moment of solitude as in the moment of communion. So what does this mean? We know in Genesis chapter 1, which we've already unpacked quite a bit in our series here, if you need to catch up, catch the podcast where we've posted all of the episodes in our series on Theology of the Body. But what we read in Genesis chapter 1 was about the creation of Adam and Eve at the same time, being made in the image and likeness of God, the significance of being more like God than the rest of creation, than the rest of even the plants and the animals. There's something fundamentally different between us and the rest of creation. But in Genesis chapter 2, you don't have that same language about being made in the image and likeness of God. But what Pope St. John Paul II points to is how there in Genesis chapter 2, we see an image of God being a moment where we see the complementarity, the communion between Adam and Eve, that in the moment of solitude one before the other, we see that communion. That is that opportunity for self-knowledge and for self-determination. Again, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where life gets challenging because we're responsible for our thoughts and for our actions, for what we do with our thoughts. 
And so, what's happening in the theology of the body here at the beginning is Pope St. John Paul II is actually setting us up for a fundamental mystery of the person and a key idea of theology of the body. It has to do with this idea that my value is in the gift of self given to another and received from another. That our life is given, not taken. And yet, I think that's what we think about our lives so often. It's about protecting ourselves about taking things from other people, about being consumers, especially in a consumer type of culture. Yet we know Jesus Christ himself said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is significant. And if you're just joining us, we're in our Theology of the Body series, unpacking what original unity meant between Adam and Eve prior to the fall in the garden. And in Genesis chapter 2, we read that Adam's response to the creation of Eve is this sense of awe. Ah, finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, indicating a similar nature, but also unpacking original unity here. Pope St. John Paul II says that these words, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, refers to this sense of, he says, the very bone marrow, sorry, the very bone marrow of the anthropological reality. What does that mean? Bone marrow. In bone marrow, we know it's very, very nutritious, even though it's not something we tend to eat historically the way our ancestors did. But what he's saying is that this is the baseline. This is the richness. This is the nourishment. This is at the depth of the animal. And that is the anthropological reality of the human person with regard to understanding that Adam makes his comment, flesh of my flesh. In this, Pope St. John Paul II contains all of human science about the human person, the human body. The image of God is in Adam and Eve. Pope St. John Paul II says this is a theology of masculinity and femininity. So when he says this is a theology of all of human science, we're talking about sociology, psychology. We're talking about biological complementarity. This is, again, as he says, a theology of masculinity and femininity. Not just sexuality, but of who we are fundamentally as women and who we fundamentally are as men. This brings me to one of the jewels of Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. This is where he says, in Theology of the Body, Catechetical Talk 10, he says, femininity in some way finds itself before masculinity, while masculinity finds itself through femininity. I love this quote. I'm going to read it again. We'll talk about it and unpack it a little bit more. He says, femininity, that is women, find themselves in some way before masculinity. So women find ourselves, we find ourselves before men in that complementarity, the interactions. The But then what happens is Pope St. John Paul II says that masculinity confirms itself through femininity. So men in their masculine genius, in their identity as men, that it's confirmed in them before women. This is at the heart of the crisis in our society today with everything from LGBTQ ideologies, the ideology of identifying crisis that many people are going through. It's because we've missed the image of God in us and the image of God in our complement and how we interact in our relationships. Think about it for a moment. What Pope St. John Paul II is saying is this. A woman finds herself 
before masculinity. That is in her relationships. A woman starts as a child, as a daughter, having a father, is a sister, is a bride, a wife, a mother. Fundamentally behind all of that, motherhood is a fundamental part of who we are as women. Our biological makeup, the rhythm and biology and anatomy of our bodies, our whole health and identity is actually based on whether or not during our childbearing years as women, we have the potential to have children, whether or not our bodies are ovulating. Our bodies don't ovulate if we're not living according to our most proper health during childbearing years. And even puberty is all oriented toward the capacity to have children. This is significant because, again, we understand Pope St. John Paul II talks about how motherhood comes from the relationship of the woman before the man, of Adam before Eve. She cannot be mother without him, without that complementarity. And I know not all women will be biological mothers, but there is a significance to spiritual motherhood and biological motherhood, that it's fundamental to who we are in our giving of ourselves, that women discover the gift of self through motherhood, our value in the mystery. Think about Our Lady, who's known as full of grace. We read about her in sacred scripture. She's foretold in the Old Testament, known in the New Testament. She holds the privileged fate, privileged place, as scripture refers to, as the privileged one, referring to her as the most beautiful individual. In part, that's through her yes to God and loving and serving him as a mother. And again, her motherhood is both biological as well as spiritual. She had God in her heart, in her soul, before she had him in her body. And that's significant. Now, when we read this quote again from Pope St. John Paul II, from the male perspective, we write it, Femininity in some way finds itself before masculinity, while masculinity confirms itself through femininity. What are we reading here? Masculinity confirms itself in relationship. A man comes into the world as a son, a brother, a husband, a father. All of this confirms his role as man. And in that is a role of sacrifice, an imitation of Jesus Christ, the perfect man, an imitation of St. Joseph and the many men and saints who have gone before us. We read that example that even for Christian husbands and fathers, St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 tells men to live as Christ did, who sacrificed himself for the church, who died, who took on that sense of responsibility to preserve who? To preserve the church, but to preserve women. And so to take on that responsibility of preserving women as favored ones in society, Our Lady is honored as a favored one, as most beautiful. And so I think in this discussion of the mystery of the human person in Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body, understanding the unity between male and female, we see that at this moment, Pope St. John Paul II is saying that the basis of human anthropology is theological and that if we want to search for our identity, that we understand our identity as feminine and all its elements next to the masculine and that together we see this enrichment and significance of who we are. We have greater sense of perspective. We even have a greater sense of history, including salvation history. When I talk about salvation history, if we look at the dawn of creation and all of the Old Testament and salvation history, we see this complementarity, the good interactions between men and women and the not so good ones that make up our past 
history of salvation, but also to come. How we, by the grace of God, work out our own salvation. Therefore, but the grace of God go I. We're called to enter into this mystery, and it is in our femininity and masculinity. We can't throw it out the door as society would love to do today. And this is why Pope St. John Paul II's teaching of theology of the body and what we've been discussing all week of original unity is so significant. Again, femininity in some way finds itself before masculinity, while masculinity confirms itself through femininity.